Listen, today is the beginning of a new series, uh, one that we're preaching called Scrooge. It's a story told of a miserable man that is wasting his life away, and on one night just before Christmas, he's visited by, as you know the story, the ghost of Christmas, past, present, and future. For the next several weeks, we want to talk about your past, the gift of the present, and your future. Amen? Come on, stand with me now for the word. Well, I want you to know today there's good news. God knows how to deal with our past. And today we're going to talk about our past. I want you to flip over in your Bible to Philippians chapter 3 and to Isaiah 43. We'll start with Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. Don't forget that tonight is our um, RKSM school production here in the sanctuary, all the students of our Redemption Kids School of Ministry will have a uh, just a Christmas show for you tonight. You don't want to miss that. It starts at 6 p.m. right here in the sanctuary. It's, for, it's free and it's for everybody. We look forward to seeing you tonight. Isaiah 43, verse 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Do not remember the former things. Say, do not remember the former things. Then I want you to flip over to Philippians chapter 2 today. Philippians, pardon me, chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Philippians 3.13, let's read this together. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. How many know that God has a way of dealing with our past? Can you say amen? amen. And today I believe there are some people in this place who if you're not careful, and if I'm not careful, if we're not careful, we will live haunted by some stuff that happened in our life years ago, days ago, or weeks ago. But I have news for the enemy this morning. Everything in your yesterday has been taken care of by Calvary. And today I am declaring before I begin preaching that God is going to set some people free from their past. And you're going to be able to go where God's trying to take you to and no longer be a prisoner of something that happened at a previous season in your life. If you believe God can give you victory and, and freedom from shame and regret, somebody give Him the best praise you've given Him all morning long right now. Come on. Let's pray together. Father, help me today to preach the Word of the Lord. I pray in Jesus' name today that you will give me the wisdom, O oh God, to speak the Word of the Lord with accuracy and with clarity, Lord. I need you today. Our people need you today. And for these next few moments, I pray that preaching will come easy. Let it flow today, Lord God. Let there be a connection between heaven and earth, between the pulpit and the pew. Now, Lord, this anointing that you've blessed us with to preach with to now preach with today, God, I pray now, Lord, that we'll step into this anointing together. We'll receive from the word of the Lord and be blessed as we leave this place today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge, you know the story, the Christmas carol of a 
of an old miser who had no joy, he had no peace, he had nothing to really live for. And the story teaches us that one night he is visited by the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. Now today we're not going to talk about those three ghosts because we don't really believe in those kind of ghosts. But I do believe there is a ghost in this room that is here to deal with your past, present, and future. And it is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he knows how to deal with us, our past, our present, and our future. I want to say some things today about our past. The first thing I want to give you today are some facts about your past. The first thing I want you to understand about your past and my past is that everyone has a past. I don't know how long you've been serving the Lord and how long you've been in church and how long you've been speaking in tongues, but it hadn't been all your life. The Bible's very clear that all of us have a past, and the Bible says it this way, that all of us were born in sin. All of us were born in iniquity. Every one of us, according to Psalm 51, we were shaped in a thing called transgression. All of us have a past. We all have one. Everyone has a history. And the past that we all have is made up of several things. It's made up of moments and memories. It's made up of miracles. But how many understand that the past is also made up of mistakes? The past is also made up of messes. And sometimes when you start talking about the past, people try to get real spiritual. And they try to get real religious. And they try to look real churchy so that it fools you into believing that their past may not be as jacked up as yours. But I'm going to tell you right now, the past that I'm talking about is not that little edited version that we present to everyone with our bow tie and suit on and a smile and a little shandai on the side. It's not the past I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one that we try to cause other people never to find out, the one that we often want to forget. Everyone in this room has got some real ugly chapters in the past of their life. In fact, one of the things that should draw us all together is the fact that we've all made some mistakes and we've all made some messes. I know today it's convenient for the Pentecostals to blame the devil and rebuke the devil for everything, but I need to tell you that in my own life, Satan hadn't made the biggest messes that I've experienced. The biggest messes that I've experienced are one that I made myself. I'm not going to find no help today. I, I, I want you to understand today that, that, that I didn't just at times in my life fall into a mess. I sometimes jumped head over heels into the mess. Come on, some of y'all sold tickets to the mess you made for your life. So, so, some of you, some of you loved the mess you made of your life. Some of you enjoyed the sin of your past for a season. But how many can testify with me that sin only has pleasure for a little while? Sin only tastes good for a moment. Moment. There's a time that you and I come to in our life where we look at the mess that we've made and we get fed up with it and we say, you know what, I'm not going to live in this past, this mess anymore. And today, I want to tell you that one of the greatest tools the enemy uses against the saints is the tool of tormenting us by the past. There are people who would worship God but don't because they see that vivid, full-color, 1080p, 4K, high-def reminder of the mess they made at some point in their past. 
And I wish I could tell you that just when you walk through the door of this church, somehow the past loses its power to affect your life. But I have found out that many times it is in the middle of a worship service. Y'all not going to say nothing in here. It is in the middle of a worship service when miracles are happening and lives are being touched and the power of God is moving that all of a sudden out of nowhere, a chapter that I thought I had dealt with a pain I thought had been taken care of a mistake I thought God had erased all of a sudden will race to the forefront of my mind and try to rob me from lifting my hands and praising God today I come to talk to you about something very few people will talk about in a Christmas sermon I came to talk to you about some skeletons It got quiet in here. But I'm telling you right now, if you ever open up your heart and let somebody see what's in there, it's not just tongues and gifts and it's not just prophecy and shikatamaya. Oh no, if you open that thing up and really start walking through the hallway of your heart, you will find some stuff that nobody knows about. You will find some relationships you wish you didn't have to remember. You will find some, there's some people in here you can't get deliverance because you remember the skeleton of that bad relationship. That skeleton of a one night stand. That skeleton of bankruptcy. That skeleton that tried to haunt, it tries to haunt you. Have you ever wanted to be everything God called you to be? Have you ever wanted to pursue everything God called you to pursue? Have you ever wanted to believe and elevate your level of expectation? And every time you start thinking God could use me, the enemy starts reminding you of the sky. Come on out here and look like you ain't never made a mistake. Sit out there and act like you ain't never done something stupid. Just wink at me if I'm talking to you. I know you brought your girlfriends and your boyfriends and you don't want them to think that I'm talking to you because you've deceived your neighbor into thinking you got your act together. But the devil is a liar. There's some stuff in here in your closet that if anybody ever found out it would blow our mind how God has blessed you in spite pastor it's Christmas you can't be breaking out the skeletons on Christmas I'm telling you right now if you don't get rid of the skeletons you can't have true joy you are carrying this mess around. They are laying on your shoulder. They are up under your armpit. They are in your satchel. They're in your Bible bag. They're in your purse, sister. You got these skeletons with you and you come to church and the glory starts moving and you want to lift your hands, but the enemy starts reminding you of the skeletons in your closet. And then, and then what happens is we put these skeletons and we don't necessarily believe the word, so they just have a way of hiding. And we put them in our heart. And we carry them around. Bad relationships. These are jacked up looking skeletons. Some funky looking skeletons. Some financial skeletons, uh-huh. Some family skeletons. Isn't it funny how you don't talk about your family? We wonder why. 
We wonder why you don't ever talk about your mama and them. We know now. Because if we ever saw them, <laughs> if, if, you, if you ever had to talk about what you haven't dealt with in your family, if we ever had to examine your real family tree, y'all not saying nothing, you're getting squirmy out there. So we had them. And we come to church. I want to tell you today, God is not just trying to hide your skeletons. God came, come on, we got some facts to deal with about our past. We got a past. Everybody got a past. Everybody in this seat. You know, you, ain't, you, you, you very rarely see people piping up in the church talking about, look at my past. It's wonderful. Would you like to see my past? How many people have you ever seen stand up and talk about, let me show you all the stuff I've done? No, people don't do that. Because we want to maintain what sense of dignity we have remaining. The facts about our past is that they do try to hinder us. The facts about our past is that they do try to reach up and grab us. The fact about our past is that we do have some skeletons in our closets. But there's a gift today. And the gift is called forgiveness. See, I can't get everybody to praise God right there because some people don't think sin is all that bad. And if you undervalue the potent, damaging, harmful effects of sin, you can never appropriately praise God for forgiveness. That is one reason. Let me step around here and preach a minute. That is one reason why we have to beg certain people in the church to praise the Lord. It's because they think the mess they made wasn't all that bad. Let me help you understand something. It stinks. It's death in a pot. It will kill you. It should have destroyed you. You should have lost everything. You should have lost your mind. You should have lost your house. You should have lost your joy. You should have lost your marriage. You should have lost your chip. You should have lost everything. That's how bad sin is. Sin comes to kill. It comes to steal. And it comes to destroy. James said that when it is finished, it brings forth death. That's what should have happened to each of us. But I'm still here. And you're still here. And you still got a marriage. And you still got a family. How in the world can you have a messy past, a mistake-ridden past, and still have life? I'm talking about a gift today. And the gift he gives... Is forgiveness and no skeletons in your past. Some of you have got to quit acting like you're hiding stuff and start praising God that what you've been trying to hide is really already been covered by the blood of the Lamb. Nobody ought to beg you to praise God. God took your mess, your mistakes, your past, your failures, all the stuff you blew royally, and you're still here. Where are the people who are grateful that as far as the east is from the west? Where are you at?
Can somebody take a praise break on Sunday morning? That if we started digging through your heart, we can't find what you used to be. We can't find what you used to do where sin does abound. Grace does much more abound. Hallelujah. Oh, my son. I don't know how long this sermon's going to take. I told the Lord in prayer, if you don't give me something else, it's only going to be 20 minutes. He said, you let me take care of what I need to take care of today. There's some people in here, you are living under a prison of your past. You are living behind a prison wall. It's like you want to be free and you want to chase your purpose. But every time you get close to it, the enemy starts shaking that skeleton. I came today to tell you, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. And what the enemy is trying to destroy your future with has already been dealt with by the blood of Oshanda. He It's already been dealt with by the blood of the Lamb. The next time the devil reminds you of what you did last year, remind him of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. Inform your neighbor you are free, you are free, you are free. You are forgiven. You are free. I don't care who's trying to tell you who you used to be. Don't you let something you used to do shape your identity. If Christ has made you new, all things have been made new in your life. Some of you need to open the gift of forgiveness. The enemy wants that gift to remain up under the tree. And you can sit by and talk about how pretty it is. Oh, that's a lovely little package. No, open that thing up. Explore the goodness of God. God will forgive you. First John chapter 1. Let me talk some Bible for a minute. First John chapter 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins oh, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, Sister Sally told me I could never be used by God because of the mistake I made in my past. Sister Sally don't know what she's talking about. In fact, I'm surprised God's using Sister Sally. Sister Sally had the same mess you did. And the fact that God used her ought to be an indicator that if God could use Sister Sally, he can use your behind too. So quit sitting down and let religious people tell you God can't use you because of what you've done. We've all had a past. There's a reason why churches die. It's because people in the church get holier than thou. And they start treating people who have problems like they're a cancer. And, 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 and people who are struggling through their faith don't feel like that house is a place they can get forgiveness and freedom. Let me teach you real quick something in this house today. I believe in holiness. I believe men and women ought to live right. I believe when you get saved, you ought to live according to the word of God. Say amen, somebody. 
I don't believe in watering down the word of the Lord to accommodate the failures of a man or a woman. But I'm going to tell you this right now. The gospel is not it is not just law. The gospel is good news. And good news for a man or woman who fall down is that if you fall down, you can get back up again. Anybody who ever told you, I don't care if they're a bishop, an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, or a teacher, if they ever told you you're so low down and good for nothing, you could never be used by God, get out of that and run from it. It is religion. Jesus did not come to bury you in a skeleton graveyard of your past. He came to give you hope and to forgive you and to free you from who you used to be. I don't want to embarrass you, and I didn't know I was coming to you, but I keep being pulled over here to you. This is our associate youth pastor and his precious wife, Kaylee. Pastor Quintel and Kaylee, come on, tell him you love him. Stand up. This is a, this is a son. Watch. He says something at Ruach in a, in a meeting that we had together, we were on the stage together having a conversation with all these other church staffs and we were talking about how our staff operates. And he started talking. And when he was started talking, I started getting blown away because I knew he could speak. He's an incredible speaker. He's an incredible preacher. But, but when he started talking, I started hearing something I never heard before. He started rebuking all these preachers who were sitting there listening to him. They didn't even know they were getting rebuked. Let me tell you why. Sit down for me. I'm going to stay over here. I'll be back in a minute. I don't want you to have to stand up too long. He said, you know what? Now, you've got to understand the, his BC. All these religious people in here. They're like, what's BC? Before Christ. Y'all got one. Everybody in here got a BC. Anybody in here remember some of your B.C.? I'm going to stop right there with the B's. In his B.C. life, he was a gangster and a drug man and was in a gang and had made some mistakes. And when it come time to hire a youth pastor for the Highland Park campus, this is when we had two. We all sat down and started praying. He was already working with the youth and was, we were seeing transformation happen. So I said, John Nash and I and some other brothers, we started talking. We said, this is who we're supposed to hire. And some folks said, well, what about his past? Now, let me be real clear. If you're a sexual predator, it's going to get quiet right here. Who put your hands all over little children? I can't let you be in the, the ministry of youth and children. It's the law. It ain't even my choice. It's the law. But you can make some mistakes in your life that you regret. That's what I told him when he came in my office. I said, you, you, didn't, you didn't mess with no kids, did you? Because I don't play that game. He said, oh, no, no, no. I didn't mess with no kids. I stole some stuff. <laughs> it's all right. B.C. See, you judgmental people out there, I'm coming to you in a minute. Because you ain't never stole nobody's money, but you stole somebody's peace. Oh. Oh. I'll fix that real quick. Say it 
And we sit there and we say, we're supposed to hire this brother. God is working through his life. We see the anointing of God on his life. The hand of the Lord is on his life. And the insurance company came and said, you can't hire him. I'm being real transparent right here. We're brothers. You know that I love you. They said, you can't hire him because he's, he's got a misdemeanor on his past. I said, John, I don't receive that. John Nash. I said, I don't receive that. I said, we're going to see God turn this thing around. And we fasted three days. And the, and the insurance company called us back and said, we want to meet the young man. I said, that's where they made a mistake. Because if you start talking to him and see the grace of God on his life, you'll change your mind just like I did. The insurance company came in and said, we want to meet him. So we sat down and Quantel, you know, he, he got some tattoos and he looking like, you know, gangster lean. And he, he comes in and got dreads back then. And I like the dreads. I mean, this is all clean, but I like those dreads. And he sat down and folded his hands and was very articulate, started talking and freaked the insurance man out. And we got a phone call the next day. And he said, I have talked to our auditors and we have made a decision that we are going to let this young man work as an employee of the Redemption to the Nation's Church. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. I told you that because you would be amazed at how many people want to hire him now. That he's got a little experience under his belt and, uh, and he knows how to do youth ministry now. But nobody would hire him with an insurance of justice that we, he got too many skeletons in his closet. The reason you can't understand why we would want to hire him now is because you don't understand what God has done with the mess of his past. Grace is never a license to sin, but the law is never a reason to bury the guilty. Somebody preach Jesus and let him deal with the pain and the mess of our past. And that was a long time ago. He's sitting on the front row today. I'll never forget when God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Over at Udawa at the men's conference. Over, the service was over. He come up there, I want the Holy Ghost. Lay hands on him, bam! Holy Ghost came on him, he was laid up under a pew getting filled with the Holy Ghost. We picked him up an hour later, he was hoko shandaraboho shatarabasa. And Kaylee came walking in behind him and said, what happened? I said, lift your hands, Kaylee, it's coming on you too, honey. And she got slain under the pew right beside him and filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody help me preach in the church today. My God, I believe in the power of Jesus. I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people who believe it so they got to activate it. Telling you right now, this thing is real. The power of the gospel is real. And you may have made a mistake, but you're not a mistake. You may have made some horrible choices, but it's time to start making some new ones. The first is the fact of your past. The facts of your past are you have one. And here's another fact of your past. You can't change it. Stop trying. You can't. You can't 
Listen, you can do several things with your past. You can remember it. You can rehearse it. You can even reminisce about it. But you can't reverse it. You can remember it, rehearse it, reminisce about it, but you can't reverse your past. Some of you, some of you precious saints are so tore up on the inside that you cannot change your past. You ready for this? It's past. You know, something hit me this week. Past is not a thing. It's a place. Your past is not a thing, it's a place. I'm going to teach this final thing and I'm getting out your way today. The first thing are the facts of your past. The second thing is the forgiveness of your past. We talked about that. The past is forgiven. Come on, tell your neighbor the past is forgiven. Psalm 103.12, I believe, as far as the east is from the west. That's how far he has removed our transgressions from us. That's forgiveness right there. When he took something and removed it so far away you can't even see it. And listen. Family, listen to me. The final thing you've got to do with your past, the first is the fact of the past. The second is understand the forgiveness of your past. But then the third thing is we've got to know how to forget our past. Now, I'm getting ready to teach something that is going to sound counterintuitive, oxymoronic, and perhaps confusing. But the Hebrew people understand forgetting in a way very different than you and I do. Okay? Now, I'm going to slow down a minute. I want to teach this. And if you get excited, wonderful. If you don't, somebody's going to get set free with this revelation today because it set me free. We always talk about our future as if we are looking at it, moving toward it. My future, my future, my future, my future. That is not the way the Hebrew understand the future and the past. In fact, if you want to understand how Old Testament teaches about forgetting something and how, how, uh, how remembering, we're talking about forgetting the past, but I'm confused a little bit because 234 times in the Bible, the Bible tells us to remember. Now, how is it that God wants me to forget something if he's wanting me to remember something? Say, forget my past. Come on, say it. Say, forget my past. I want you to think about something you did this morning on the way to church. It don't matter if it was good or bad. You should have done it or shouldn't have done it. Blow dry your hair. Eat a breath mint. Whatever it was. Think about it. Now, don't think about it. You're still thinking about it. Because when you tell somebody to forget something, the moment you tell them to forget it, it immediately spawns a thought of remembrance. There is a syntax on your brain. There, there, there is a nerve that put an impression on your brain about that particular thought that now makes it difficult to forget. It's just the way your mind works. So how am I to forget my past if every time I try to forget it, I start thinking about it? I'm looking at y'all. 
And y'all think I'm crazy right now. It doesn't make sense until you understand how you are to view your past. So here's the thing. This is my past. This is my past. All my skeletons in my closet. Pastor told me to forget my past. So I get in here and I start dancing today. And every time I start dancing and praising God, I start thinking about them skeletons. And I'm supposed to forget it. So I'm going to forget. I'm going to forget. I'm going to forget it. I'm not going to think about them skeletons. I'm not going to think about that relationship. I'm not going to think about that failure. I'm not going to think about that bankruptcy. I'm not going to think. I'm thinking about it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We often think of it like this. We think forgetting means this. I'm going to turn my back on my past and I'm going to walk toward my future. That is not what the Hebrews taught. In fact, if you study in the Old Testament, listen to this. The word for in front of is the same word for past. I'm not making this up. The Hebrew word kadam is the word for past and it means in front of. And the word for behind, akhar, is the basis for the word for the future, akharit. I'm freaking y'all out right now. We often think of it. I'm going to leave my past behind and, I, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes on my future. The problem is you don't know the future. The only thing you know is your past. And we often think in order to forget my past means I can't, I, I don't see it anymore. And I start walking toward my future that I see ahead. You don't know your future. I mean, you know things about your future. We're going to talk about your future two Sundays from now on Christmas Eve. But the reality is, you don't even know. Some of you don't even know where you're going to eat for lunch today. You and your wife are at odds in the middle of this worship service. Here's what the Hebrews taught about dealing with your past and your future. You actually are approaching your future As you distance yourself from your past. And although I don't know what tomorrow holds, I know somebody's holding my hand. And although I'm not going to be trapped in what yesterday was, I can't forget yesterday. Y'all missing this. I can't forget the skeletons until I remember. I messed you up right there. I can't forget the skeletons until I first go further back. Oh, where do I go? I go all the way back to a hillside called Calvary. If I'm ever going to deal with the skeletons, it's not just that I'm looking at the skeletons. I'm looking way past the skeletons to a place called Calvary. In fact, I'm looking back before the world began where a lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. That's how I'm going to get to my future. I'll, I'm going I'm to break your heart, but I'm going to set you free. You will never be able to forget your mistakes. But your past is not a thing. It is a place. And the moment you decide to pursue your destiny in Christ, you distance yourself from the skeletons that you put under the blood. And you just keep on walking. And you learn 
Oh, is anybody grateful for this? You learn something. Is anybody in here learn something since you made some mistakes? Anybody in here learn some lessons? Come on, somebody. Has anybody been in? Have you ever been through anything in your life and the enemy tried to torment you, but you got one good lesson out of it that changed the rest of your life? So watch. So when the Hebrews talk about the future, they use a word dealing with their past. And when they talk about their past, they use a word talking about their future. It literally means you can't enter your future until you properly understand your past. You know what? Those skeletons that were meant to torment me, I just keep on following Jesus. I get a little further away from them skeletons. I remember the pain those skeletons brought me. I remember the pain that feeling caused in my heart. I remember the crying nights and the tears I cried and rolling up in the floor. But I, something's happening. It's been three or four years now, and I'm not living in that closet. And then skeletons don't sound as noisy as they used to. And that woman and that man that was a part of my life, that come on, somebody in here, that relationship that I should have never been in, all of a sudden, and I find myself further away from my past and closer to my future than I've ever been in my life. And although I don't know what's in front of me, somebody, whoo, shy, come they all shy, somebody's holding my hand. And I may not be what I'm going to be, but I'm not what I used to be. And listen, listen, the only way I'm through, the only way, only way your past can destroy you is if you stay in it. Your past is not a thing. It's a place. Run from it. Do you know why nobody had to beg me and my wife to praise the Lord this morning? Because when I come in here, I'm reminded I'm free. I'm looking at that place where them skeletons try to resurrect every now and then. And I see them jokers don't have power over me anymore. And my, oh God, my past don't have power over me no more. Nobody has to ask me to praise the Lord. Nobody has to ask me to worship God. I'm only this far because of the goodness of God. If you can't praise God in worship, it ain't because the music ain't good. It ain't because the singing ain't good. It's because you ain't moved far enough from your past. If you ever move from your past, you will praise the Lord. I'm getting further away from it. I don't know what tomorrow holds. Now I get some prophetic words sometimes that they help me understand God's got something really good in store for my future. But I don't know the details of my future. I don't know what's behind me. It's just my future. But I'm keeping my eye on what it brought me out of praising him, praising him for what it brought me. In fact, in fact, if I just stopped at that box, I might even get tempted to get discouraged again. But since I'm walking into my future, I'm not just looking at my past. I'm looking all the way back to the cross. 
That's why I can come to church. That's why I can believe God for miracles. That's why I believe God's going to bless my family. Not just because my skeletons have been dealt with, but because the curse has been broken by the power of the cross. So listen, listen. The next time a thought comes up in your mind about your past, you don't have to rebuke it. Dance on it. I said, you don't have to rebuke that thought. Dance on it. I meant what I said. Dance on that thought. Why would I dance on that thought? Because it don't have you anymore. And the very fact that you made some movement is enough reason for you and your whole house to bless the Lord. Past is not, past is not a thing. Past is a place. And some of you are living in it. I'm going to need that skeleton back. But if, I don't really need it back. John's coming to get it for me. But here's the deal. You can never experience life while you're pursuing death. And there's another F. I better be careful. Between forgiveness and forgetting is a word called forsaking. I'm closing. Some of you can't forget what you won't let go of. And you can't live in a new place until you're leaving old. Don't, listen, don't just leave. A, you'll never leave a memory. It's okay, John. craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I love you, John. You broke his leg. That, that skeleton can't follow me. He don't even have a leg anymore. Uh -huh. Watch. But some folk in this place, you're living in a place called the past. And as long as you live in the past, you can't embrace the present or participate in the future. And here's the thing about the past. If you're not careful, good things in your past will become impediments to great things. I talked a whole lot about mistakes today, but sometimes good gets in the way of best. I didn't get no help on that one. Sometimes good things. You know, when Paul said over there in Philippians chapter 3, I forget those things which are behind and I press on. When he said, I forget those things, it wasn't all bad. It wasn't whoremongering and drinking and chewing and falling out and going crazy with your family and killing somebody and beating somebody. That wasn't what he's talking about. It was good things. But they just kept them from the best. Some of you today have accepted good. Greater is coming. You just got to get further away from it. 
and you got to distance yourself. It's not that I forget those skeletons, but I'm not living with them. And it's not that I forget the skeletons, but they don't have power over me no more. In fact, the fact that I'm further away from them becomes the fuel for my praise. I made some progress now. Wontel, we made some progress now. People look at him now and they think, man, man, I want, Pastor, would you mind if I hired Quantel? I said, go try. Go try. He can't leave me. We're tied. When you believe in somebody, when grace is doing a work that people can't see yet, Anybody ever had somebody believe in you when Grace was doing an undercover work? Oh, no. The finished product, everybody's like, Woo, I want to get close to him. Yeah, but you didn't want to get close to him when Grace was working undercover. There's some people that like you now that you are presentable. But God liked you when you couldn't. Oh, 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 oh. oh yeah. Yeah, we get ready. I'm getting ready to preach now. I've just been teaching up to this moment. I'm getting ready to say something right here. There are people sitting in here right now, people are so, they are willing to associate themselves with you because you got your act together. But they didn't like you a few years ago. Let me help you. If you can't believe in me when I'm a mess falling apart and God trying to put me back together, don't jump on my train, baby, when the steam picks up. No, no, no. I remember the folk that believed in me when nobody else believed in me. You're backing your way into your future. All this stuff about, we're going to run into our future. You don't know what your future holds. You just know what somebody's holding your hand. And as I back into my future, I am forgetting, don't miss it, by remembering. Forget doesn't mean I'll never think about it again. Forget means it doesn't have a hold on me anymore. I am forgetting my skeletons by remembering his grace. Am I helping anybody today? Back away. Touch your neighbor, tell them back away. Come on, tell them back into your future. I got some things in my spirit for 2018. I just believe we get ready to step into the best year of our lives. I said it, I said it, I said it. Can you grab it? I said, I believe we're getting ready to step into the best year of our lives. But you got to back away from those skeletons. Amanda, you got to back away. Just back into your future, baby. Yeah, I'm, every now and then I see them skeletons. I remember those thoughts. I remember what I did. But now I see it don't have power over me no more. Stand with me. I'm through. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Scrooge had a problem he couldn't fix. He couldn't change it. He could not reverse his past. As painful as it is for you to hear me say this to you today, you cannot reverse your past. You cannot change it. You cannot alter what has been done. 
but the past is not a thing. The past is a place. And the moment you leave the place called the past, you may not know what your future holds, but you can trust the hand of the one that's holding your hand. And as you back into your future, he's going to begin to reveal things to you. you're in this place, two people I want to pray for today, two groups of people. I want to bless everybody, but I want to pray for two people. The first group of people I want to pray for are lost people who would say, Pastor Kevin, I need Jesus to save me today. You could be a businessman millionaire sitting in this room and away from God. I don't care what car you drive, what Rolex you wear, if you got a Brioni suit and Louis Vuitton shoes, or if you came in this place and you slept on the streets last night up under a bridge, I don't care where you are in life. If you are lost, only one man can save you. His name is Jesus. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and I'm talking to you today as if your eternal destiny depended on one decision. You say, Pastor, you can't manipulate me. Don't let your heart be manipulated, but neither let it be deceived. Tomorrow is promised to no man. Today is the day of salvation. If you're in this room today and you say, Pastor Kevin, I need Jesus to save me. Would you pray for me, Pastor, that the Lord would transform my life? I'm counting to three for you, sir, for you, ma'am. I don't care what you've done and how long you've been doing it. I don't care how good or bad you feel about your performance in life. If you're in this room and you know you need a Savior, when I say three, lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you. One, two, three. Right now, lift your hand. Yes, ma'am. See it. Bless you. I see it. Bless you. I see it. Bless you. I see it. You can put your hands down. I saw several hands all over this house. And every Sunday you come to this church, unless God directs us otherwise, every single Sunday you come, I'm giving an altar call for sinners. Because if the church don't let sinners come home to Jesus, they're not a church. Amen. Sinners don't just need a band-aid. They don't need a good spiritual talk. They need to get born again. And the way you get born again is to accept your sin and say, it's mine and I need forgiveness from it. And come to Jesus. He will save you. No matter what you've done, he'll forgive you of your past. Can I have a witness in here that testifies God can forgive you of anything? If I'm talking to you when I say three, heads about Isaac. Oh, we've already done that. Thank you, Lord. He reminded me. Sometimes I forget. Look at your neighbor right now in just a second. Left and right and ask him this question. Do you need someone to go to the altar with you? And if you lifted your hand or you should have lifted your hand, whether you've known that neighbor all your life or you've never met him before today, just ask him a simple question. Do you need someone to go to the altar with you and pray? And if you lifted your hand or you should have, when they ask you that question, just nod your head. They'll come with you and I'll meet you right here. And we're going to pray right now all over this room. Ask your neighbor, both sides, do you need someone to go pray with you? If you lifted your hand or you should have lifted your hand, would you come out of your seat right now so we can pray? And today the Lord Jesus is going to save your life. Come on, I'll wait all day if that's what it takes. I'll wait for you right now. Make one step. Make one. Thank you for coming, family. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Come on. Come on. Bless you, sweetheart. Come on. Come on, baby. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm going to wait a minute. I feel like God's doing some work in here right now. I feel like somebody's coming home today. This is home. This ain't just your church. This is home.
Come on, come on. I'm tired of living like this. I, t- I feel God breaking something off of somebody right now. I feel like God is breaking something off of somebody right now. Come on. If they didn't ask you if you need to come, I'm asking you to come right now. Come on out of your seat. Come on home. I've wandered far away from God, but now I'm coming home. The path of sin too long I've trod. But Lord, I'm waiting because I feel the Holy Ghost telling me somebody's getting ready to come. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Come on. I'm coming home. I felt that thing. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Come stand with him. The Lord got a plan for his life. Somebody else needs to come right now. I'm coming. Come on, son. Come on, son. Come on. I'm telling you, when the Lord's in the house, he just starts rescuing everybody. Come on. Come on. Somebody come stand with him right now. The Holy Ghost don't lie. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on, come on, come on. They're still coming. My God, I need some worshipers to praise the Lord today. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Put your hands this way and pray for a family. Lord, I'm coming home. Pray, 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 pray. Chains are getting broken right now. Pray. You know people are getting really saved when they're crying. They're just weeping up here crying. Somebody pray for them like you wish somebody would pray for you the day you got right with God. Come on. If you got any regret or remorse that you didn't move, you still got time right now. You can walk right out of your seat. You can walk right out of your seat. Come get right with God. Come on. Pray for one more minute for these precious brothers and sisters. My God, he's really getting it today. I, the Lord just really is saving people today. I need some elders and pastors to help me pray for these wonderful brothers and sisters that have come today. My God, my God, my God.
to start a journey from your past. I'm talking to saved people now. Deacon, pray with them. That young man just walked down here to get right with God. Somebody pray with him right now. Thank you. My God, my God, my God, Savior. Save. Somebody give him thanks all over the room. Somebody give him thanks. Come on, fill the house with a spirit of thanksgiving. God, on my sake. If you need to leave your past behind, you cannot forget your past as a memory, but you can forget it as a place. And you don't have to live in that place called the past anymore. If you needed what I preached today, throw your hands up where you're standing right now. My God. The truest joy you've ever had in your life is coming to your life right now. As you begin to disconnect from that place, every king, as you begin to disconnect from that place called the past, I see the Holy Ghost on you right now, Eric. Oh, the glory of the Lord. Thank you. Pardon me, Miss Wanda. I'm going to come over here and pray for my friend. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the grace to move on. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. If somebody lifted their hand up near you because they needed this word today, lay your hand over on their shoulder. It might be two people that lifted their hand together. Somebody lifted their hand up because they need to move on from a place called the past. Lay your hand on the shoulder right now. No more traps. No more bondage. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Ghost. Oh, Holy Spirit, work today. We're leaving a place called the past. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's okay to move forward. <laughs> you may not lose those memories of the past, but it won't have you no more because you're moving on. You might feel like you don't know what tomorrow holds, but I feel the strong hand of Jesus holding you while you get to where you're going. Oh, take it, take it, take it, pray and take it, pray and take it, pray and take it. I am rich. 
because for us and now come on let the weak say I am strong I know this is going to be the craziest thing we've done all day but we've done some crazy things so who cares if we do one more crazy? I know we always talk about stepping into something. But I feel like we're supposed to leave here praising God for a step into our future and away from our past. I, I, I can't, I, I, it's a little different exercise than we're accustomed to. But can you get a little bit of room and just make one step? And just say by that one step, I'm leaving my past behind. I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I, I can't forget it, but I'm not going to live in that box anymore. Come on. Just take one more. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know my past don't hold me no more. Somebody take one more step back. I'm stepping into my future. I'm stepping away from my past. And if somebody praise God that you got a future. I said, somebody praise God, you've got a future. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, excuse me. Excuse me. I am forgetting my past starting this morning. Excuse me. I'm not living with those skeletons anymore. Excuse me. I've got a future in Christ. Listen, you ready? Go home, put your Reeboks on, and run right into your future. And praise God that although you're not what you're going to be, you are not where you used to be. Give Him the best shout you give Him all morning long. Come on. Yes. Oh. I'm trying to go home, but I feel a praise in this place. The past has been broken. God is up to something in your life. I bless you to forget your past and to run into your future. And although you don't know the future, you know one thing. Somebody's holding your hand, and you're not going to stay trapped by your past. Don't forget tonight, 6 p.m., RKSM, Christmas play in here. Come and be with us. I love you. I want you to go in the peace of the Lord. Run, run, run out of your past and into your future. The Lord bless you and keep you today.